Chapter 6 Companions as we are in this work with you, we beg you, please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us. God reminds us, I heard your call in the nick of time. The day you needed me, I was there to help. Well, now is the time to listen, the day to be helped. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late, throwing a question mark over everything we're doing. Our work as God's servants gets validated, or not, in the details. People are watching us as we stay at our post, alertly, unswervingly, in hard times, tough times, bad times, when we're beaten up, jailed, and mobbed, working hard, working late, working without eating, with pure heart, clear head, steady hand, in gentleness, holiness, and honest love, when we're telling the truth, and when God's showing His power, when we're doing our best setting things right, when we're praised, and when we're blamed, slandered and honored, true to our word, though distrusted, ignored by the world, but recognized by God, terrifically alive, though rumored to be dead, beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die, immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy, living on handouts, yet enriching many, having nothing, having it all. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide-open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Morning, church. I uh, hope you've had a great time in worship uh, where you are, uh, in your own homes, in your families. Uh, I hope you've really taken the time to turn your eyes to Jesus this morning and, and to celebrate that the fact that he's there with you. Um, even though we aren't able to gather in person this morning, uh, we are able to sort of meet uh, in this amazing way. So thanks to God for for the ability of technology to be able to help us to connect this way. Uh, I want to start off with a bit of a story this morning. Um, there was a drug enforcement agent who was uh, basically going around. He came up to this farm and he sort of said, I, I want to come in and I want to check uh, your farm for any illegal drugs you might be growing. The father, the farmer was actually quite obliging saying, yeah, you can, yeah, feel free, have a look around, um, do whatever you want, except don't go in that field over there. And the, the, the drug enforcement agent sort of ripped a, 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 put his hand in his back pocket and he pulled out his badge and, and quite arrogantly sort of shoved the badge in the farmer's place. He said, do you see this? Do you see this? This means that I have the authority of the federal government. I can do what I want and I can go where I want and people need to do what I want when I tell them. The farmer was quite shocked by this and pulled back a little bit. And he said, okay, sure, have a look around. As he leaves him to go and the farmer keeps doing uh, the jobs that he needs to do and would have been 10 minutes later, all of a sudden he hears a scream and it was coming from that field that he told the um, the, the drug enforcement agent not to, to search. And here was this agent who was running flat stick away from this large bull who was just coming at full speed with his horns pointed, ready to, to doing some damage. And the farmer dropped his tool. He ran over to the fence and he put his hands to his mouth and he yelled out, show him your badge, show him your badge. 
Well, anyway, today we are going to be talking about fences. Uh, hopefully you are laughing at home. I can't tell. Uh, it's all quiet here, which is good because it makes it easier for the recording. But uh, hopefully you found that uh, a bit funny to get your day day started. But today we're going to be talking about fences. And uh, um, the reading that was read earlier, uh, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life we didn't fence you in. And, and we have been talking about the idea that God wants us to live free. And today we're going to be talking about a cage-free living, which is a bit strange considering everything that's going on at the moment. But God still wants to give us freedom in the midst of that. And we've come, we've made a bit of a journey uh, over the past few weeks. The first week we looked at the fact that we are all caged. Um, whether it's our past, it's, whether it's our present, whether it's worrying about the future, whether it's hurt, whether it's bitterness, whether it's unforgiveness, whether it's worried about money, whether it's worried about a job, whether it's worried about a whole lot of different things, we are all caged. And ultimately we are caged because of our sin. The things that we have done that separate us from God, they put us in a cage. Um, and as much as we want to uh, define that or, or move on from that, what happens is that we end up getting used to our cage. We make the most of our cage. We dress our cage up a little bit, but we are still in prison. And so we too, we looked at the fact that um, Jesus is the one who had the keys, that Jesus actually intentionally came down to, to, to set us free. Uh, to actually release us from the bondage that we found ourselves in. It wasn't something that he did as a, as a secondary sort of um, thing that he came to earth to do. He came for the express purpose to set humanity free from the cages that they found themselves in. And week three last week, we talked about the idea of being set free. It's one thing to know that Jesus has got the key. It's another thing to accept it. And, and to accept it, there's a few things that we needed to do. We needed to recognize that Jesus was the one with the key. We need to accept the responsibility, accept the blame for the things that we have done wrong. Uh, we can't move away from that. It's not someone else's fault that we're in the cage. We needed to accept that. But then we actually need to reach our hands out to Jesus and say, we actually want to receive what you have got for us. We want to receive your forgiveness. We want to receive your grace. We want to receive your life. And so there's a, a bit of action on our part because, like, again, it's not just knowledge. It's about knowing Jesus and following Jesus, which is where we're going to go today. Today, as I said, cage-free living. And we're talking about the idea of as, we, as you set free, as you get out of something, like, you, we can get into the tendency of actually just living just outside our cage. And the problem with that is that we get into a place where we, again, we, we've moved from the cage, but we kind of settle for, we're, we're happy that the cage, we're happy that we're not in it, we're happy that it's behind us, but we're not really moving into the life that God wants us. And we, we end up getting to this thinking where what we're doing is um, having a way of sort of justifying, I suppose, a lesser life. We kind of ask the question, what what am I allowed to do before I get in trouble? What what can I get away with before it's too much? And it's kind of the wrong way of, of, of asking the question. Rather than saying, how close can I go to something? It should be, 
how what what direction will I find life in its fullness? And so that becomes really important. And and um, this passage that was read, we basically look Second uh, Corinthians six one. It says, "Please don't squander one bit of this marvelous life God has given us." And see, when we settle outside the cage, we are settling for less than what God wants us. And and today I want to talk about how do we discover who we are meant to be in Jesus. Who, how do we discover the life he wants for us? And I think the first thing that we need to do is we need to live for something. Um, it's not just about sort of, I think sometimes when we, we, we move out of a mess, we're just so happy that the mess is not there anymore. It could be a health thing. We can, I'm just so happy that I'm not sick anymore. It could be a, a burden that we're carrying. I'm just so glad the burden's not there anymore. I don't have this struggle in front of me. It might be, oh, we've just got my car fixed. I no longer have to worry about that, or I've been able to pay off a bill, whatever it is. Sometimes we're happy that we've moved past a tough time or a tough thing in our life, but and and that we're happy. That's what we go. Well, we're good, but. Living for something is actually beyond that because what it means is that it's not just getting through the tough times, it's living for intentionally for good times. And living for something should actually be redefined as living for someone. And that person is Jesus. We, we need to live for Jesus. Um, and, and Psalm 119.45 says, I will walk about in freedom for I've sought out your precepts. Um, basically what that means is that Jesus has said that as, as we follow him, we are guaranteed freedom. We are guaranteed the life that we are wanted. And now again, when I say guaranteed life, I don't mean life as we define it, life as God defines it. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, and so in this, we actually have this great invitation to discover life as God intended. And I think sometimes that's the thing. We haven't discovered in fullness what God wants for us and we settle for something less, which is, is not quite the cage, but it's going back in that direction. So we need to live for something. And in living for something and following Jesus and being in his presence, what happens first and foremost is our, our, there it becomes a change to our perspective. Um, Romans 12, 2 puts it this way. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, the thing is, as we spend time in God's presence, as, as we accept the freedom that Jesus gives us, and we actually commit to following him with our lives, all of a sudden, Jesus is able to take our mind and all of a sudden stretch it, reverse it, um, sometimes just renew it all together because sometimes we're just wired all the wrong way and Jesus said I want to rewire your brain so that I can help you think like I think so I can help you be compassionate I can help you sort of think in a, in a bigger way I can help you think less selfishly and I can help you sort of think the way that I do and so he basically wants to transform us into a new person by transforming our minds and then we'll actually know what the will of God is then we'll actually know how we can find a life that is good and pleasing and perfect. So not only do we find a change to our perspective, though, we actually find a change in our lives. And again, I've noticed this so much in the past few weeks, as those, as most Christians I've come across are in a position where they are, it's not that they're confident, but they are calm. They are assured, they are secure in the fact that Jesus is Lord 
and no matter what happens, um, that they are going to be okay. Um, and so I've, I've, I've noticed it in, in all ranges of people, from people who are old to young, and the, the security that they have in, in God. And, and not to say that they're not going through difficult times. Um, that still happens. There's people I know who are going through far more difficult times than I am at the present time. And I've been amazed by how their faith, again, cha- allows them to roll with the punches. And so, again, that's what happens when we live in God's freedom. When we are walking with Jesus, all of a sudden, we are able to see our life changed in front of us. All of a sudden, the way we may have reacted is no longer the way we react. The way that um, the things we do worry about are no longer the things we worry about. Even the fact the things that we hope for in life, and again, our, our dreams and our goals of our life were, might have been really, I suppose, worldly in one way, but all of a sudden they, we, we start looking for things that rather than success, we're looking for significance with God. And what can I do to actually make an impact for what God is doing in the world? And so that becomes a, a really great thing as well. And, and this is why, as, as that Bible reading was read earlier, um, the ebbs and flows of life, the ups and downs, as Paul spoke about, become doable. Um, the thing is, cage-free living doesn't guarantee, guarantee us um, problem-free living. And um, they're still going to be there. And in this passage in, uh, in Second Corinthians, Paul said, in hard times, tough times, bad times, when we're being beaten up, when we're being jailed, when we're mobbed, working hard, working late, working without eating, that doesn't sound good at all. But Paul said, because, because Jesus is present in my life, because we are following him, because we're experiencing the life that he wants for us, all of a sudden that's doable. Why? Because Jesus is in the midst of that. And then he goes on with pure heart, clean head, steady hand, in gentleness, holiness, and honest love. When we're telling the truth and when God's showing his power, when we're doing our best and setting things right, okay, that's great. All those things become a fantastic thing. Like if I did half of that stuff in a day, I'd be going, hey, I've accomplished something great. But then it goes on again. But when we're doing our best, we're setting things right, when we're praised or when we're blamed, when we're slandered and honoured, true to our word, though distrusted, ignored by the world, but recognised by God, and terrifically alive, though rumoured to be dead, beaten within an inch of our lives, but refusing to die, immersed in tears, yet always filled with deep joy, living on handouts, yet enriching many, having nothing and having it all. Paul knew the extremes of life. He knew them. It wasn't something that he was sort of saying, hey, we're going to go through some struggles, and it was sort of an abstract thought for him. Paul was was often persecuted for following Jesus, and yet like even when he was in prison um, and in, in, in Philippi, basically what did he do? He sang praises to God while there was chains around his hands and his, and his ankles. He, he knew what it was to be alive in God, and so... For us, that becomes this thing that if we want to have that changed life, it doesn't mean that our problems are going to all disappear, but it means that Jesus is going to be present in the midst of all that we do. And in that presence, we actually find such great freedom because we rely upon him, we trust in him. He gives us the strength that we need to be able to move on. And so it becomes so important that it's not just about following rules, that's about following someone and walking with Jesus. 
Now, for some of you, you're basically going, you're not disagreeing with anything I've said, and maybe it's not any new to you at all, um, but this is where it becomes so important for us to live life as God has given it to us, to be able to live that to the full. Um, we need to live so that our example brings life to others. Um, we need to live in a way that people are sort of hungry for what we have. People are like going, how are you able to do and trust God in the midst of of this situation or that situation. 2 Corinthians 2, 3 and 4 says, Well, now is the right time to listen. The day to be helped. Don't put it off. Don't frustrate God's work by showing up late, throwing a question mark over everything we're doing. Our work as God's servants gets validated or not in the details. In the everyday aspects of life, as we follow God, that's where people will see Jesus at work. And so... If, if Jesus is not present in your workplace, then you're not living cage-free. If Jesus is not present in your home, you are not living cage-free. If Jesus is only present when you show up to church or, or the, the, the time that you've given here on a Sunday morning to be online, then you are not living cage-free. And that becomes hard for other people looking in saying, hey, is this for real or not? And so with that, we've got to really understand that we, we've, got to, we've got to discover that life in fullness for ourselves so that we can draw other people into that life as well. So I just want to leave you this, leave you this one challenge, or this or last challenge, I suppose, for this morning. And uh, this verse captured my attention years ago. Uh, and, and I suppose the way I describe it is that we need to live big. Uh, as I read earlier at the start, uh, verses 11 to 13, uh, Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't think you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. Here was Paul sort of saying, I, I, I love you guys so much but you're living small. You've actually got caught up in your own heads and you're stuck. And and, and Paul sort of, it's not only a, more, it's, it is a challenge he puts in front of him, but he's actually sort of saying, hey guys, this is what you're missing out on. You're missing the big life that God wants for you. You're missing this open life that God wants for you. And Paul's saying, I haven't trapped you. God hasn't trapped you. God wants to set you free, but you are still getting caught up in that way. And I just love this, like the last part, live openly and expansively. And so as we finish this, this month on, on, on being free, one of the things is we need to, to live life to its fullest. We need to know the joy of God in, in all that we do. Whether it's, it's going to be a few months stuck in our home or whether it's, um, like, yeah, going back to work or, or being in our family. I know all those things, they bring with them trials, but we need to actually face them with the joy of Jesus in our heart. And in so doing, then we can live life to the fullest. And so um, I just want to take some time to pray for you now. Um, for some of you, you might sort of want to place a comment on Facebook, um, got a question about something. Take some time at home to talk about how you need to live more free and what things are holding you back from living in the freedom that God wants for you. And um, look after yourselves. Again, I hope we are able to catch up in person. Uh, feel, feel free to give me a call. I'll touch base 
via uh, email or other ways during the week. And, um, and let's just keep connected uh, in the coming weeks uh, as we uh, continue to be God's church together. Let's just pray. Lord, we, we want to thank you for the freedom that you give us. We want to thank you that um, you have a desire in your heart to see us live in, in, a, in a big, live in a big and an open and expansive way. Help us to experience that freedom. Lord, I know it comes from being in the presence of Jesus. And so even in the coming weeks as um, we have more and more time on our hands, I pray that we make the most of spending time with Jesus to, to come before him and to know his freedom together. And I pray that we are able to um, to move away from the cage fully and to, to embrace the life you have for us. I, I pray that we would discover the life in fullness that you are trying to give us. Uh, you never stop try. You never stop trying to give us um, that fullness of life. But Lord, I, I pray that we we would enter into it as well. We would be willing to receive it also. And so, Lord, I thank you for uh, your presence in all of our lives. I pray, I pray um, over the, this current situation, Lord. I pray that you would be sovereign. That you would rule. I pray that you would help us to see the opportunities we have to be a light for you. Um, in, in our various circles, Lord. And I just pray that you would use us and you would use this time to, to be glorified uh, in us and in our community. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.